June has to ask Torikoshi. Um, yeah, I mean, that was the advice Braith gave her. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that in between these passes, June, like, sweating and out of breath and totally, like, wild-haired and wild-eyed is like, how does this work? Like, how does this make any sense? Like, Torikoshi, how, how, how do you... How do you do this? Like, is this even fun? And I think Torikoshi, as uh, they're taking this small break before she goes back up, he looks at June and and goes, June, are you having any fun? Like, no. Why? I don't know. That's really weird. Like, there there was a huge chunk of time for me where, like, it didn't matter what I was doing as long as I was on a bird. But, like, this feels totally weird. And, and... This guy, and he's out there laughing at me, and I, I... How is this fun? June, punch me. What? Punch me. Why? Try. Yeah, but why? Try. I don't... Don't think... And he, like, he, like, takes his finger and puts it in June's forehead. Don't think. Just do. I don't want to punch you. Dude, come on. And he, he, like, he goes, look, you don't have to punch me if you don't want to. But the lesson is this, and he point he puts his his forefinger on like between her eyes and goes, "You're using this too much. Joy doesn't come from here, in your head. Joy comes from here." And he like points to her heart. Don't fight with this pointing to her head. Fight with your heart. Don't laugh at him. Laugh with him. With him? Yeah. Punch me, June. Like. Makes a fist half-heartedly and then kind of, like, throws a look across to where Braith was a minute ago and is like, Braith, why am I taking this advice? Torikoshi, I'm not going to punch you. You see Braith kind of lean out of a doorway, munching on some food, (laughs) throws a thumbs up and nods, and then, like, sneaks back away, munching food again. (laughs) Like the meme. Your captain was Denison, right? Yes. If Denison asked you to punch him, would you do it? I would think very carefully about it first, but yes. <laughs> Good. Answer. Why? Because sometimes when he says "punch me," he's actually saying "don't punch me, you idiot." Why? It why, was a whole thing do... with his teaching style. I, June, you're missing the point here. Okay. You're using, and he, like, knocks on her head. You're using this too much. Turn off your brain. You're minding me. You're minding your captain. You're thinking about what you're supposed to do and the crowd and him and the bird. Don't. Don't. He, like, grabs her by the shoulders and and puts his forehead to her forehead and goes, Don't think. Just do it. And do it laughing. June, uh, as their foreheads collide, tenses like... Uh, a bowstring like just rigid for a second and as if she's trying to decide if he's messing with her or not and here's the thing here's the thing to remember about this it's not like a tender little forehead touch no it's like Like he he full-on forehead smacks her yeah and is like looking eye to eye to her going don't think just do all of it's already up here in your brain don't think about what you're going to do. Just do it. It's already up here. Okay. Don't think. Don't think. Just do it. Okay. All right. 
so now uh, we have reached the moment where I will draw for the rival team um, and answer the headway or setback question. I think I think this is going to be a headway uh, question, uh, which is, who do you prove was wrong about you? Um, and I think in this next Tengu Dory pass, uh, like Spice, TJ Spicy Brewster is going to prove June's initial assumptions about him wrong on a bunch of different levels. So, Drew, you're playing TJ, right? Yeah. So what I want to see in this next clash, I, I think the assumptions that June has made about you is that you would be one, extremely aggressive, mm-hmm. uh, two, that you don't really care about her or, or, or see her as important or this situation as important. Um, like th- those are the big assumptions that I think. How in this pass uh, do you prove that wrong definitively um, in a way that like really sets up advantage while June is like still working and mulling over this lesson that Tori Koshi has tried to to give her? I think I actually think that TJ mixes up his weapons uh, in this particular these passes. So. June got up there and she fought with he fought with like these bucklers and now he has completely different weapons and a completely different style that rips and he's playing mind games with her and I think that that is that's the way he's going to mess with her and the way he's going to he's he's got her figured out she's in her head she can't land a hit, not because she's not strong enough or not skilled enough. It's because she can't think around the problem. Yeah. She- yeah. So I think what happens, um, June like is is mulling over this lesson, like like working with it as uh she makes her leap off of the back of Augury onto this swan. And she, like, moves forward, vaults into the arena, like, ready to do her aggressive push against uh, TJ. And she doesn't see him. Um, And then suddenly, from, like, beneath a blanket or something in this little arena space, because, as I've said before, the uh, defensive Tengudori saddles are kind of like Appa's saddle from uh, uh, Mm. Avatar, where it's a little platform that is basically its own small fighting arena. So from beneath a blanket uh, behind where June vaulted up, uh, we can see with Tonfa is TJ and he immediately like batters at her with some very aggressive swings and like lands uh, some good hits. And I think in getting hit like that, Torikoshi's lesson is like solidified in that, hey, this person is thinking about you, even if it's like even these moments, like he has figured something out about your perspective on this fight and the way you're approaching it. And he's playing mind games. He's playing against you. So you do have this kind of community and relationship, even if it's formed instantaneously in this moment. Mm, Okay. Now June has to make a decision. June can either rein it in, which is driven by focus, or June can fly exuberantly. Also, uh, back in the teammate section, uh, you 
uh, Drew, you could have chosen, and you don't need to do this, um, you could have chosen to grant June a spirit uh, to aid with June's draw, but that's that's up to you. Yeah, I think I will. I'll go with it. All right. Going into this, you have a spirit uh, that you can play with, June, which means you'll be able to do an extra draw um, uh, as you are drawing cards for resolution. Okay. I think that TJ has taken her off guard by now switching to this surprise attack mode. And instead of being totally off kilter, June clicks into an almost an automatic instinctive place of how to fight in this moment. So I think we're going to fly exuberantly because that's familiar ground for her. Big reward. I love it. All right. So we're going to draw three cards here because of your spirit. You are uh, the the, the top two cards that you have. Oh, so you need 13 or more to win. Okay. So right now you're sitting at 12. So you haven't lost yet. If you would like June to win this, and she does not need to win this interaction, but if you would like June to win, uh, you will need to spend a fight. Now, you can either spend that from June's fights, or you can use the fight that June has established with Augury, uh, and somehow Augury is going to come to your aid and help you. Augury, uh, you connect with Augury through wing whispering? Mm-hmm. and you gain like auguries sight on the other side of what's going on. Oh. So like you see what's happening, but you, then you also see on the outside, you see what auguries seeing. So you're seeing the fight from two separate angles in a way. You're watching the fight twice. That's really cool. And because you can see it twice, your reaction time is a little bit faster. Does that make sense? Yeah, no. Instead I, of being confusing, this is actually just good and great. No, I mean, I think I think there is that. It's like it's. I mean, it's like you suddenly have the force turned on, right? Like yeah. that. Uh, there's a okay. So June uh, joins into this clash with uh, TJ Spicy Brewster, and in that moment of going into instinct and like automatic impulse of this fight and like letting go of her mind she i think she even unknowingly hits that connection with augury that this is pure impulse pure instinct and they connect immediately there's that gold ping of light at the back of her eyes and augury has it in in their eyes as well as they're flying um along the other side of this tengudori fight and for a second like I think June does get kind of jolted backwards as she realizes she's seeing out of two sets of eyes at the same time and then like immediately casts that aside and just continues to move and I think after a few moves of this fight gets the hit on TJ Spicy Brewster that that instead of there's that like that moment where she could overthink it even more by having this additional viewpoint and she instead like just drops that and keeps moving and fights like a bird would fight because she can see both angles nice nice all right so that means that this is a win for june uh, now we know at this point it's extremely likely that the burning tails are are going to win here, but the competition is 
uh, not all sewn up in the fiction as we move into Tori Koshi's round. And Tori Koshi, uh, you have there in front of you all of the uh, the, the the three match games uh, that you could pick from. Uh, you will have the fourth, which is yeah, you will not need not like this because you are in fact ahead. Um, concentration. Uh, so yeah, between these four games and one of the games that uh got pulled up is guiding light and that is your team game Mm. for the burning tales so it is is representative of your team you can choose now if you want to play that or you want to play one of the other games it's really whatever you would like to do i would love to do if it's our if it's our team one we might as well do it let's do guiding light all right we'll do guiding light so guiding light The values that you uphold in your jousting go beyond winning and losing. Play to find out what do the ideals of your team mean to you. The setup. The wind picks up. Something is brewing. You feel the intensity of the match step up a notch. How do you notice your griffin reacting? So, and to set the stage a little bit uh, and to describe a little bit of how uh, the long-ranged mark ship joust works is... You are on birds that are essentially there just to hover. Mm. Um, it's either hovering birds or if uh, your bird species can't hover, you are slowly circling one another. Mm-hmm. Um, but you are staring at your opponent and trying to move as subtly as possible to avoid their attacks and make your attacks as gracefully, precisely as possible. So it's a match type where, you know, you're up there for, you know, like 10 minutes and maybe only three arrows will actually be fired. Okay. I think what happens with this is we both take to the air and spend the first couple of minutes of this of this match just kind of testing each other out. There's maybe a shot here or there just to find like distance and to see how the other one shoots. Like there that's kind of almost ceremonial in a in a sense that like oh, that, yeah. first, that first shot is just just to see and to kind of like posture ourselves and put ourselves in, into such a, a place. Torikoshi flies a a whiskey jack or a, a Canadian gray jay and they don't hover. So it is a lot of like circling that they're going to be doing for this and kind of like trying to posture themselves in such a place that a, a shot can be made. Uh, this first shot is done and it's not expected to hit in any way, shape or form, but it's just to kind of see. How do you notice your Griffin reacting? I notice that pillage my bird is more nervous than usual. They are a very steady bird one that I've flown most of, of Torikoshi has flown most of, of his life. And for some reason, Pillage is not being steady. He's usually, when we fly on these, particularly so high, we're like on eddies. We're like mm-hmm. trying to glide as much as we possibly can so to make sure we don't tire him out. Uh, he's very easy on those eddies and kind of, you know, floats along them, but they're buffeting him more than usual. So something isn't right. Yeah, and I know exactly what happened. Let's do um, it. Because in the next section, uh, the rival, how do you escalate the game in search of a win? 
by Jost. Hey, heroes, it's James, your game master, and welcome to the mid-roll. Heroes, welcome to the conclusion of the Burning Tales solo game. That means we only have a few episodes left in our Sky Joust preview. Over the next few weeks, we're going to be giving you the first part of each other team's story before we return once again to the adventures of the Uhuru. Sky Joust will continue releasing on its own feed. I sincerely hope everyone has enjoyed us previewing this mini-series, and I can't wait for everyone to hear the finished product. Heroes, we are in the second week of our Patreon drive, and we are so close to unlocking our first goal. Currently, we're at $69.55 a month, which is very close to the shadow goal of hitting $69.69. But at $7,000 a month, we are going to make the first five episodes of Star Wall available for free on its own public feed, continuing the wonderful tradition of one-shot patrons supporting public releases of paywalled content. And now is a great time to join the Patreon. We have two bonus series going. Every Monday during the drive, you get a new episode of Chubo's Marvelous Wish Granting Engine, starring myself, Gian Shim, and our GM, Victor. And this Wednesday, we have a brand new episode of Star Wall that is so good. So if you like what you're hearing and you want to support it or you want to get at that good, good bonus content, please head over to patreon.com slash one shot podcast and sign up to support us. That makes a huge difference for our organization at large, and it helps you get really nice rewards. A huge thank you to everyone who signed up already and everyone who's going to sign up in the future. Now then, with all that out of the way, a word from our sponsors. And let's get back in the sky. I think uh, that, uh, yeah, Darius, uh, hun, I think Darius in the time that they would normally like do these ceremonial, like sighting shots instead of shooting directly at Torikoshi, Darius shoots directly up in the air. And unbeknownst to Torikoshi, that arrow is a special fletched arrow that has like a bag of like chalk or powder tied to its tip. It flies up in the air and then uh, it has a spiral feather tail that slow that allows it to slowly descend. Something that a pillage has noticed, but Torikoshi hasn't, is that Throughout this match and any successive hits, this arrow has slowly been descending towards them. And uh, basically what is going to happen is Darius will shoot. And again, it will not be at Torikoshi, but it will be at his own arrow. He will hit that bag of powder. It will explode and obscure Torikoshi's vision. Oh, that's so Um, good. So yeah, Pillage has like kind of noticed something is wrong because like Pillage is like looking around. What kind of bird was Pillage again? Uh, A Canadian Grey Jay or a Whiskey Jack. Yeah. So like I I feel like just there was like maybe something that looked like a nervous tick or whatever, but like Pillage completely clocked that this arrow was coming down. And Torikoshi is like so focused on the traditional fight and everything and on his opponent because I think doing something like this, it's not illegal. But it's something that would actually normally get points docked. But it's a strategy that you can adopt if you get enough successive hits off of, uh, you know, blinding your opponent like this. Uh, it can rocket you up in the points and put you way ahead. Mm. 
So that's the gambit. So Torikoshi hasn't, he has not noticed this yet, uh, but they've made their, their, their ceremonial first shots. And now it begins in earnest. Now they're going to posture themselves to a point, try to get above the other one uh, to get at least another shot in to maybe three before everything is done and try to get as many points as possible. We see Torikoshi trying to keep his distance from Darius uh, as they circle each other, um, trying to get higher. But Darius is flying like a, a gyre falcon uh, and they're super fast. So he's he's having to like work pillage a little harder than usual. And he's beginning to worry that he's going to wear out his bird before he can get into an advantageous place for those shots. Yeah, and as as you hit that point of worry, I think this is when Darius's gambit pays off and he strikes his slowly descending arrow. Powder fills the air and like all of a sudden it's really hard to see your opponent and then through that powder like arrows just strike you across the chest. They might be sloppy shots, but they all hit. And uh, we can see the powder vessels beneath. Boof, boof, boof. Like all of those shots are being scored. And I think suddenly this competition is being fought in a way that like you've probably never seen it fought before. That doesn't fit in with this competition that normally kind of embodies the ideals of the burning tails in that you are flying with subtlety and grace. You are moving with precision and purpose and everything about the way Darius is approaching this does not mesh. Um, so uh, choose an ideal from lofty ideals that you are struggling with and select a suit to represent it. Um, so your lofty ideals are oh there we go uh the lofty ideals that we wrote down for you are uh form and expertise doing things right over doing it in a way that might win flying beautifully flying um, beautifully was, yeah uh, so let, let's do form and expertise yeah that makes sense to me uh i'm gonna use i'm actually gonna use energy Ooh, okay interesting uh, in in this moment, we feel the like ching, 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 like the the peppering of these arrows across uh, Torikoshi. Torikoshi goes into um, he turns off his brain, like he's using he's using the advice that he gave to June, and instead of slowly trying to gain advantage height, he dives and uh, goes into this tight dive to try to get out of the cloud. As the arrows continue to come at him, he clocks where they're coming um, and fires back at those arrows as if he knows that that's where they're trying to come from. All right. Um, I am going to do the rival moment to set up your return here. I have to answer a headway. Um, how do you rally the team to fight back? What I think happens like you, you are you do this dive and all of a sudden i think there is a gasp from the crowd because this is not the sort of competition that you dive in it's about subtle movements um and there's already been a lack of subtlety uh displayed by darius um but you're answering it in kind um 
And so like with that, like you can hear from the audience that like the, the burning tales audience, that's where the gasp came from. And you know that Tomoe is probably like a little bit surprised by, by this maneuver. Uh, certainly the, the old hand flyers who are all supporter supporters of the burning tales are, are surprised like that. But also the silver Hawk Academy crowd is cheering. Like everyone is super pumped and excited that Darius's strategy is paying off. Uh, even in the ways that it kind of flies in the face of what this competition normally represents. Um, so with that, Drew, in order, because like I know that you were setting up the strategy, uh, but as you prepare to respond, imagine past Burning Tail riders soaring out ahead to guide your way. What do they look like to you? Um, oh. So I, I kind of feel like the way this visually goes is like in Torikoshi's head, He's thinking of all of the past writers that he knows about and how they would have handled this situation. And they're these kind of ghostly apparitions that are almost in fire. Uh, so, like, the smoke is going past him, and we can kind of see um, as he's as he's going through the chalk dust smoke, um, these almost fiery images of uh, these past writers fly past him as he goes. Um and he leaves them all behind because all of them would have in this moment pulled back, gone higher, tried to get that one perfect shot off um, from high above uh, where the enemy would not see it, basically. Um, some would have gone low and tried to get that one shot, um, but he's not doing that. He's doing this aggressive, single, beautiful dive Um where he fires rapidly, one after the other, um, leaving behind uh, years and years of tradition and form to find his true moment here. All right, Drew, it's time for you to make a decision. And really, I can only see two of these being valid. You can either choose to evolve the ideal or reject the ideal in this moment. I think I want to evolve it. All right. So um, you draw four cards. If you draw two cards of the chosen suit, which is going to be energy, you win. You can choose now if you would like to spend any spirit here, um, but you uh, can also not spend spirit here. No, I, I have one spirit and I'm definitely going to use it. So we're drawing five cards here. And I need two energy. Four, five. Only one energy. Oh my gosh. Ooh, okay, okay. I'll take so, it. I'll take the setback. All right, what is what is the setback question? What hidden feelings explode out? Okay. So he doesn't evolve the ideal here. And in this moment, uh the outcome is that I lose, correct? Like I'm I'm gonna lose this match. Yeah, you're gonna lose this match then what happens is that it starts out beautiful. There's this beautiful moment where Torakoshi comes out of the cloud and you can almost see what's left of those, those fiery after images. Um, and from the, the, the streamers coming off the back of pillages saddle, as he comes out of the smoke, we see that Darius is right there uh, having 
shot all these arrows. And we go into the slow motion where Tarakoshi dives his bird even further. And it's, it's, it's beautiful. It's this beautiful moment where uh, if you were to slow everything down, you would see him coming out of smoke and it's kind of wreathed around him. He's got his bow drawn. He's got the arrow out. As he's drawn back, we see his bowstring snap and that arrow f- like fly into nothingness. And the whole thing just disintegrates from being this beautiful moment to being almost nothing as like it's sugar in water as it dissolves. And the only thing Torikoshi does in this moment is he dives pillage even further and leaps from the back of his bird and tackles Darius. Wow. Yeah, I think, like, you are disqualified. So even the scant points that you scored in that match are not counted towards victory. And Burning Tails still win by but, like one. But it's, yeah, it's like one point. So the last part of this says uh, you feel a significant moment together. Uh, choose as a team to keep the ideal, uh, uh, to keep the ideal as it is, rewrite it or erase it. And I, I kind of feel like it just stays as it is. Yeah. Like this was a, a completely failed attempt. Basically, like there are red flags that raise up. Um, uh, you were disqualified, and like points are tallied, and then the flag for the burning tails like raises up as uh, Braith and June's rounds were enough to push the team ahead. And you can hear like there is still some cheering from the burning tails section. But it is much less exuberant than it normally would be. I think, Torikoshi, it is easy for you to feel the judgment and shame uh, like coming from everybody on the Burning Tales side. And as if that wasn't bad enough, the uh, Sterling Hawk Academy side is actively booing, uh, which is normally not sportsmanly, but also you didn't act very sportsmanly. That's justified. And I think, I think when Torikoshi lands to boos and cheers and, and these less than enthusiastic, there's like a smattering of applause as he lands. Usually there's cheering and, and shouting and, you know, drums going off, but it's just applause as he lands, uh, pillage. Usually he'll get off. And even if he's lost, there's this thing that the, the school will do where it's like, at least it was a be- at least it was beautiful even if they lose and he gets off and these feelings that are inside of him are not these feelings of like i did my best he's angry he's he's furious and we can see his like him shaking um, as he he gets off of his bird and stalks his way like he blows right past june and braith and his coach there's this brief moment where everything goes into slow motion as he is headed off to to go be angry and uh, everything slows down as his eyes turn to see his grandmother in the stands and we see uh, Tomoe looking at him and all she does is look away oh brutal 
absolutely brutal. Now it's time for our anime outro sequence. Yes. The music is slower. Mm-hmm. Uh, the mood, melancholy. Uh, this is a time in the anime where we get a lot of people looking at the moon, uh, staring wistfully uh, out on a glade uh, as petals cross by. Um, so think of that and the themes of your characters. I would like to know a character moment for each of you that pops up in this anime outro song. Yes, there is a sequence of June running horizontally across the screen. Uh like sort of closer to the bottom half of the screen, I think. And as she runs, her braid flies behind her, jacket is flapping in the wind. Um, And then as she's running, like it it looks like she's running across water because there are ripples with every every Mm. boot strike on the ground. Classic. Um, But each ripple is a different color. And it like, as it gets bigger and goes away from her, there are like momentary ripply sort of hazy visions of like Cece and Kieran and Thornvale and the Red Audrin. Oh, I see. So the ca- as the camera moves away from her, we cut to like a bird's eye yes, view to see of her running behind. across. Yeah. Good. This That's alleged real good. water field. Yeah. Yeah. And I gotta imagine that the ripple colors match with the color of Audrin that her friends have bopped off. To. Yes. Yes. Behind June, as we pan away from her footsteps, you also see Braith running behind her, but it swoops back in closer. And at while Braith is running, he reaches an arm out and catches the strap on Squall and gets pulled up into the air. And then Squall swoops back down and you just see Braith draping a hand and like touching the water and creating his own ripples. Yes. I like that. It's like his sister, Bobby Jean, mm-hmm. his mysterious parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Gosh, yeah, yeah. I like all of them because it's like a big swooping ripple. It's like all of them running um, behind Brave. Like, and all of these ripples run into each other because we're all connected. Mm. Tori Koshi. I think what we see is we see the ripples consolidate into a picture. So we're above and we see this kind of picture reflected. In the very beginning, we had this where everyone was looking from left to right. This one is Torikoshi right looking left at like a moon as he's kind of looking out at it. Uh, And as we're seeing this kind of scene, credits rolling uh, in the back, in in the foreground of it, we, we see a boot step into the water and splash and it's Torikoshi running as well. And it goes into that scene of, we see the different pictures of like his his grandmother and the school and him tackling the Sterling Academy guy uh, and all of that as we all, uh, the ripples all meet and I think we're all running like into the center. Mm-hmm. Like we're all going in one direction. Yeah, I think it, like we, we opened, I think, our opening sequence had this big uh, shot that just sort of encompassed the whole school. I think this is us seeing the school at night now. Um, so you've got this beautiful Borealis effect overhead. Uh, you know, there are only 13 stars in uh, the sky for Skyjacks, but like they're doing their work right now. Um, and you just have like that beautiful misty nebula look. Um, I think uh, the, the 
school is still lit up at night. Like you can see that warm fire glow. It has that kind of warm, inviting feeling. And then I think we get a shot of these kids like chilling in some onsen waters together. Yeah. Uh, I'm talking towels on heads. There's uh, a little yuzu fruit bobbing in the water. Mm -hmm. Like everybody's relaxing. Like it, yeah. it, it goes over all of them. And then we see your coach there, and then we see Tomoe there, and then we see your <laughs> birds also in the water, also towels on yes! head. Yes! Um, and... I feel like that one, James, is like, it's a still shot with the camera panning mm -hmm. across everyone in the waters, because I feel like anime outros are always like a still shot, but the camera is moving, so it yeah. looks like it's in motion. But the steam, we can see the steam rising up off of the water. Yeah, that's really good. And then, yeah, I think that goes into, like, the studio credits. You know, that's yeah. how you know yeah. that it's the end. And, like, that even as slow and melancholy as that song was, it's petering out now. All right. That's it. That's, that's it. it. That's so the episode. Good. Are you ready to take on an opponent? Yeah. Let's mess them up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> River and I want to sail. If there's a victory, you know I will find it. Never been the type who is happy to fail. A million miles from my front door, there's things that are worth fighting for. Nothing's gonna stop me, friend or foe. When it's all we know, here we go, rising higher and farther.